Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Wildcard weekend is done. I was very sad man on Sunday. Uh, but we have some good football ahead of us. A uh, lot of good quarterback play, and I heard a lot this season. And oh, QB play is at an all-time low in this league, and blah, 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 blah. We got some good QBs going into the divisional round. Um, yeah, this episode, I'm not feeling the best, not just because the Dolphins shat the bed on Saturday. Uh, I'm a little sick right now. Obviously, that's what happens when you work outside like I do. It is cold. My feet get wet. I get wet. Uh, colds happen. People know how colds happen. I don't know why I'm saying this, but... Uh, yeah, uh, probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode, uh, but like always, I'll try to do a bit of an NFL weekly update. Then I will cover the wild card weekend in all of its glory. Uh, yeah, I guess let's just get into the uh, NFL weekly update here. Got a couple of coordinator firings. Uh, Giants have parted ways with defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. Um a bit unexpected, but also not. If you have been paying attention to the Giants, like I'm sure many of you are, that is a joke. Um, Brian Dable and Winkton Martindale did not get along whatsoever. Um, there was quotes from Dable saying that he blamed or over the headset where, oh, you better not, f- better not mess this one up like you did whatever game from a couple weeks ago and putting the blame on him. Either way, Wink Martindale is gone. Brian Dable is clearly in control of this team. I like Brian Dable a lot. Um, and I'm sure that Wink will get a job somewhere else. Obviously, he was the Ravens DC for a long time, came over to the Giants. The Giants defense does play fairly well. Uh, and I'm sure he'll go somewhere. Uh, and also, just for people who don't know, his name is not actually Wink. Pretty sure it's Don. I think it's Don Wink Martindale. Don't know why his nickname is Wink, but it is. Um, Another coordinator firing that just happened today, uh, Pete Carmichael, the Saints offensive coordinator, has been let go. Uh, Understandable, the Saints offense flat out stinks. Uh, And I think this is kind of a... uh, a firing where... Oh, well, they're not going to fire Dennis Allen, so we got to fire someone, and Pete Carmichael got the boot. I'm of the impression that the entire staff should have been fired, but we've talked over the last weeks, months, how the Saints team is basically stuck the way they are, the the way they are, with the way that the contracts have been restructured under GM Mickey Loomis. Basically, they can't move any of their big, high-profile guys. They can't cut them because they're all owed too much money, and the dead cap would be an insane thing. So the Saints are basically on pause for three years, and that's why I think Dennis Allen is retaining his job right now. Uh, Just guys off the top of my head that they're stuck with. um, Derek Carr, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, uh, Cameron Jordan. Again, like the people I'm listening 
listing aren't bad players. Well, Derek Carr is a bad player, but the other guys, they're all still very good NFL players, but their cap hits are enormous and the flexibility on the roster structure is just, it can't happen. Um, yeah, I don't know where the say. I mean, again, the Saints are just stuck. They're in that seven to ten win range every single year right now. Uh, they're just stuck in purgatory. Luckily for them, with the restructures, I think their only big free agent is guard Andres Pete. Uh, hopefully, they can bring him back. He is a very, very solid uh, guard in the NFL. I mean, above average. Uh, so hopefully they can bring him back because they haven't been drafting the best recently. So they don't have a ton of guys to resign right now, which I guess is good in a way. Um, yeah, we will move on. I don't think I have anything else with the NFL Weekly Update because most of the stuff we'll talk about with the game. So let's get straight into the wild card recap, starting off with the... Uh, First game of the week, usually I go back to Monday, but let's just start from the beginning. Uh, Browns 14, Texans 45. A wise man named Keegan Hewitt told me that we're going to look back on this game in 10 years and be like, how did we bet against C.J. Stroud's Texans against Joe Flacco? Um, the smart people did bet the Texans. I didn't bet the Texans. I stayed away from this game because I was scared. Um, but the smart people bet the Texans anyways, and the Texans absolutely clobbered them. Uh, the rails fell off for Joe Flacco and the Browns. Uh, Flacco didn't even have, I mean, he didn't have a great game. He didn't have a good game, though. Uh, but let's start with this Texans. This Texans team now has 11 wins on the year, including the playoffs. That is more games than they have won in the 2020, 2021, and 2022 seasons combined. Uh, and that's just kind of been the story of this Texans team. It's this young core all coming together and gelling under first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans. And it looks like they are going to be a force to be reckoned with for a while. Uh, CJ Stroud was absolutely incredible in this one. 16 for 21, two, 274 yards, three passing touchdowns. Um, I think for like a playoff debut, his passer rating was the highest of any QB. Um, it got passed by a QB on Saturday. Uh, but, or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, that game was Sunday. Got passed by a QB, another QB on Sunday, and we will get to that game, but... This Texans team, they're building. Like, their offensive line is incredible. Shout out to Laramie Tunsil, former Dolphin, former uh, bong mask ripper. But uh, um, Laramie Tunsil, one of the best left tackles in football, absolutely shut down Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Uh and this offensive line is good, and the run game is good, and C.J. Stroud has been incredible throwing to Nico Collins. Nico Collins has really emerged, and you you want to know what his difference is between last year and this year? Uh, I think he said yoga. It's not C.J. Stroud. No, that's not the difference between his season last year and this year. No, he's been doing yoga more consistently, and 
that's why he had uh, six catches for 96 yards and a TD in this one. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Texans can do, and you got to give a shout-out to their offense as well. Uh, Derek Stingley has been living up to that hype of being the number four overall pick. He has been a stud since coming back from his injury this year. Uh, Will Anderson was making plays all over the field in this one, too. Also, I got to give a shout-out to former first-round pick, former Eagle Derek Barnett. Um, Since he's come over, since he got cut from the Eagles, basically, he's been relatively solid for the... uh, for the Texans has a few sacks again. He's not doing great. He's not doing, but as like as a rotational pass rusher, he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing right now. Um, I'm excited to see the Texans play the Ravens uh, this coming week. Now, do I think that they get smoked? We'll find out on Friday show, but um, yeah, this is a very, very fun Texans team. And I am excited to continue watching CJ Stroud ball out in the playoffs. Um, Browns on the other side. You knew it was too good to be true. You knew that Joe Flacco coming off of his couch in what week was that? Week 12? After not playing football all year, after not looking like a good quarterback for many, many years. Uh, you knew it was bound to come to an end. You knew he wasn't going on one of these Super Bowl runs. Um, it was just it was just simply bound to happen. But no one showed up in this one. Uh, the defense didn't play well. The offense didn't play well. They just got simply outclassed in this one, and Kevin Stefanski is lucky that the award voting has already happened because this might be a game where people look at this and be like, hmm, Kevin Stefanski over D'Amico Ryans for Coach of the Year? Uh, Maybe not, obvious. I mean, you still got to give it to Kevin Stefanski just for having, what, he started five different quarterbacks this year? Like, and still made the playoffs and still had a good team. Obviously, they got... Killed in this one, but uh, good for the Browns. Had a great season. A uh, little bit of a quick outlook for next year. Um, You're going to go back to the nasty man at QB, who hasn't looked like a good quarterback in over three years now. Um, Yeah, like you're going to run it back. And you probably will miss playoffs because Deshaun Watson is not a good quarterback anymore. He simply does not have whatever he had in Houston. Uh, and I'm happy. I'm so happy that the Texans beat this team. The team that Watson wanted out from the city that he ran from. Uh, and they fucking put the beat down on him. I wish Watson was in this game and they could have just killed him and booed him. That would have been glorious. But... Uh, no, I think Watson has a $63 million cap hit next year. I'm not sure how restructures work with a fully guaranteed contract. I know that Andrew Barry was able to do it for this season. Uh, I'm not sure how it works for the rest of that contract, but I guess we will uh, find out. Great season from the Browns, though. Uh, just unfortunate way to end it. Um... And now we get to the Saturday night game, Dolphins at Chiefs. Dolphins 7, Chiefs 26. This game was freezing, I think. Uh, lows of minus 30 with the wind chill. Uh, 
where do I even start? Where do I even start? I guess let's start with the Chiefs. I won't have much to really say about them. They're just the better team. Their defense was obviously much better uh, than ours because they had NFL starters playing. Um, the offense looked good. Rishi Rice uh, had an incredible debut in the playoffs. Uh, eight catches, 130 yards, and one TD. Uh, Kelsey, his stat line looks good. Seven catches for 71 yards, but, uh, he had a couple drops. Still doesn't look like the old Travis Kelsey that we know, but, um, this game, it wasn't even close. The Chiefs dominated from possession one to the very end of the game. Uh, their defense absolutely whooped us. We couldn't do anything. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the game plan in general, but, uh, we got absolutely killed. No other really way to say it. The Chiefs were the better team. Uh, I would like to think if this game was played in like normal situations that it would have been a little bit closer. But who the fuck am I kidding? Our defense sucked. And that's not even... Actually, I'll take it back. The defense did not suck. The defense did enough. The defense held this Chiefs team to 16 points in the first half. A defense starting Melvin Ingram, Emmanuel Ogba, Justin Houston getting in there. Duke Riley was on the field. Eli Apple. Like We had guys who are no business being in the NFL anymore starting on this team. And they showed up. They showed up for that first half and begged, begged the offense to do literally anything and our one touchdown of the game was a lob to Tyreek Hill where Tyreek went back to the ball and made a play, scored a touchdown. It was awful. It was it was just it's classic Dolphins. It's it really is. It's the hope that's been built the entire year and the whole first half and it's just crumbling and crumbling and crumbling and like, I can give the defense some excuses. They were not healthy. They were missing, I think, five of the 11 starters or six of the 11 starters on defense, um, which that's hard to do. And they did their part, or they tried to play their part anyways. And this offense, who was only missing Isaiah Wynn at guard and Connor Williams at center, couldn't fucking do anything. Ah. Uh, the game plan was bad. We just decided to abandon the run in the first half. I think we had like nine total carries. Only two from Devon Achan, who, you know, he's averaging like 8.4 yards per carry. Maybe give him the ball a little bit, but Tua wasn't great. The play calling wasn't great. Uh, and I think that's all I can really say. This was massively disappointing. And now let's look at some future outlook for the Dolphins. There has been a ton of overreactions since Saturday. Uh, some rightfully so. Some are way out there. I mean, some people are calling for Tyreek to get traded and fire Mike McDaniel and trade for Justin Fields and, oh, let's sign Kirk Cousins and trade Tua. All of these are really stupid mistakes and all of these are massive overreactions. Um... Let's start off with a couple things. Tua, over the last two seasons, has been a top five QB in most major metrics. Obviously, has it sh shown up when it counts? Not really. And that's a big irk with a lot of the Dolphins 
fans right now is, okay, great, he looks great against bad teams, and then no one really shows up in the big games, uh, including Tua sometimes. But the notion that the Dolphins should get rid of Tua and trade for someone like Justin Fields, who is arguably more unproven than Tua is right now, or sign someone like Kirk Cousins, who is 10 years older than Tua and also hasn't proved anything in big games his entire career is fucking ridiculous. Uh, Now, would I be giving Tua a massive contract extension this offseason? No, I would not. I would tell him to go play out that fifth year and then we'll decide from there. Or here's a team-friendly deal. Take it or leave it. Uh, But this this next season will be a make-or-break year for Tua and I also think... Mike McDaniel. Uh, Chu has been telling me for months and months now that Mike McDaniel is just Cliff Kingsbury 2.0. I think that that is ridiculous. However, it has been back-to-back seasons where Mike McDaniel's scheme has looked invincible through the first two weeks of the year, and then after that, falls apart. Because his system, he does two things. He has the two speedy receivers, and he has an outside zone run game. And his offense is designed to make the offensive line around Tua look better because Tua gets the ball out so quickly. A lot of people say, oh, he's a one-read one QB. He's, he's not. He's just simply not. But uh, Mike McDaniel does a lot of good to mask the inefficiencies on this offense. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, it's just his offense, It's it only works one way, and it doesn't work any other way, which is a problem. Because that game on Saturday, we needed a balanced offense. We needed to be able to run the ball and run the ball effectively. Uh, and it seemed like all of our play calls were passes behind the line of scrimmage, or they were bombs down the field. No real in-between. Um, now, do I think it's... People are calling for his head. Of course, he has just taken the... He has back-to-back winning season with the Dolphins, back-to-back playoff appearances. These are things that Dolphins fans have not experienced quite literally ever. Something that I, as a Dolphins fan, have not experienced ever. And if you're telling me to get rid of our best QB since we've had Dan Marino and our best head coach since Don Shula in year three, that's a tough fucking ask. Um, Now... A lot needs to get better, and I demand a lot more from this team. And Chris Greer is going to have a fun time in the offseason because he's got contract extensions for guys. or We've got upcoming free agents with Connor Williams and Robert Hunt and Christian Wilkins. Uh, cut Emmanuel Ogba. Cut Xavier Howard. I love X. He was a Dolphin. He was a great Dolphin, but... His contract's too much. I think the time has come. Uh, restructure Jerome Baker. Like, like we have... Once we restructure whatever, we will have money and we can make some moves in the offseason, but I don't know. I would like to see an actual tight end instead of Durham Smythe. Like, Durham Smythe, solid blocker, great, but is absolutely no threat in any kind of passing attack. Um, I mean, I said on Twitter this week where... If there is a world where Brock Bowers gets past the Jets at 10, uh, the Dolphins now pick at 21 because of all of the underdog teams that won on Sunday. Uh, But if the Jets 
Uh, but if Brock Bowers falls past 10, I would like to trade up for Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, a tight end who literally does everything. He blocks really well. He's great uh, in the run after the catch. He has great hands. Like, literally one of the best tight end prospects we've had in quite a while. Um, that's a guy who I would love to have on this team. I would love to have a tight end, love to have some sort of big jump ball threat for Tua to throw to, because it's not Cedric Wilson. Tyreek and Waddle are both too small, and it's not what they do anyways. Um, yeah, overall, just super disappointing way to end the season, but at the end of the day, back-to-back playoff appearances, back-to-back winning seasons, uh, but now everyone is fed up with the, like, there has to be expectations met next year and not just like, ah, we did it, we made the playoffs and didn't come away with anything. No, some real conversations need to happen next offseason. This offseason plan, cut some guys, but basically essentially run back this team, hope for more health, and then go from there. Um... Do I have anything else to say about this Dolphins team? Uh, do I have any bookmarks about about this game? I don't think I do. So I think we can probably, probably move on. Oh, actually, I have one more thing. Back to the Chiefs quickly. Actually, before... Uh, no, I got nothing on... I got nothing else on the Dolphins, but I do got something else on the Chiefs and more specifically Pat Mahomes. Uh, Pat Mahomes is now 10-2 and two at home in his playoff career. So 10, 10 wins at home in the playoff ties him with Joe Montana and Peyton Manning, who both have 10, and that puts him 11 behind Tom Brady right now. Uh, Pat Mahomes is in... What year is Pat Mahomes in? Year 8? Does that sound right? Year eight? I think that sounds right. Pat Mahomes is year eight in the NFL right now, and uh, year seven? I'm just going to look that up before I start going into this. Pat. Okay, he was drafted in 2017. No, six years. Jesus Christ, it's only been six years. Um, okay, never... Is it six seasons, though, or is it... I don't know. I'm... I'm... This is... I'm, I'm all over the place right now, and... I'll just blame it because I'm sick, but um, probably not one. That doesn't count, though. One, two, three, four. Six full seasons. This was technically his seventh season, but he only played in one game in his rookie year. Um, So, yeah, his sixth full season, and he has matched the win totals for all-time greats Joe Montana and Peyton Manning. Uh, A lot of people like to discredit Pat Mahomes and say, oh, he's not... He's not going to be one of these all-time greats. He already is an all-time great. Two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion. Like, he is passing... He still has, like, a whole second half of his NFL career left, and he is passing guys like Montana and Manning for playoff records right now. Obviously, Tom Brady's in a class of his own. I mean, when you make the playoffs literally every single year of your 20-year career, not too hard to uh, have all those playoff records, but, uh, like, Pat Mahomes is just incredible. Uh, also to just add to it, his, uh, touchdown to interception, uh, ratio at home, 31 and 31 touchdowns to three interceptions. The man is phenomenal at air, 
Arrowhead. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday matchups, and we got a big, big upset here. Packers 48, Cowboys 32. Don't be deceived by the score there. Uh, the Cowboys didn't have a fucking chance in this one. The score, again, score makes it look a little closer. It was still 16 points, still two scores, but I think there was at one point it was 42 to 16 or it was 48 to 16. I think 42 to 16. Uh, yeah, the Packers absolutely whooped them. This became uh, the youngest team to win a playoff game in NFL history. Their average age, 25 years and 214 days. Uh, Jordan Love, absolutely incredible. 16 of 21, 272 yards and three TDs. Tell me if you've heard that one before. It was basically the exact same stat line that CJ Stroud had. Uh, Aaron Jones, three touchdown performance, 21 carries, 118 yards. And this receiving core, this young receiving core that just has a ton of guys. It wasn't the usual suspects. Uh, Watson still coming back from injury and Jaden Reed being injured himself. Uh, this was the Romeo Dobbs game. Six catches, 151 yards, one TD. Luke Musgrave, the rookie, three catches, 52 yards and a TV, TD. Dontavian Wicks, two catches, 25 yards and a TD. Uh, is it Tyler Craft? Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft got involved. Bo Melton got involved. Like, this Packers team is awesome. And this offense is such a pleasure to watch. Now they're going to go in the San Fran next week and probably get killed. But I'm going to enjoy watching Jordan Love, top 10 quarterback. And yes, Jordan Love is a top 10 quarterback. Um, he has been phenomenal in the second half of the year. Easily one of the better quarterbacks in football right now. Uh, it's wild to say that Tua is the fifth best quarterback of the 2020 draft class right now. I mean, it just shows how good the 2020 draft class is right now because people can shit on Tua, call him mid, call him ass. Tua is still a good quarterback. Good quarterback, and I, uh, I went and I made a tier ranking for the boys, but in the tier that he was in, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields, like those kind of the quarterbacks. Those are quarterbacks you can win with. Uh, not to make this all about Tua, but yeah, Jordan Love is fucking awesome. Um, and this Packers team is fun. Matt LaFleur has been, uh, I think, just proven right and vindicated completely. Uh about how the offense should be run and trusting these receivers that they drafted when Aaron Aaron Rodgers wanted new people and wanted out. Uh, Matt LaFleur was right. The team was right. Um, and this pack, like, they thoroughly dominated the Cowboys. And uh, do I have any other random stats here? Uh... Oh yeah, Jordan Love, he uh he added $500,000, got a 500,000 bonus uh for winning that game. Uh Yeah, so they just needed to win a playoff game, win a wild card game and they did. So Jordan Love, $500,000 richer. Uh Sorry, still kind of all over the place. Um I think we can just go ahead and uh 
talk about the Cowboys now. Obviously, hasn't happened yet, but Mike McCarthy will be fired. He's just proven that when it comes to the big moments and it comes to these Cowboys fall and they falter, uh, I even saw Dolphins fans being like, oh, let's go get Dak Prescott. Again, there is no difference between Tua, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. They are all the same level of QB. They have all proven that they have not shown up in big moments when the spotlight is bright. Plain and simple right now. Obviously, lots of time to change, go change a narrative. Uh, Tua is only in year four. Kirk's, Kirk was in year 11. I think Dak was in year eight. Like, lots of time to change a narrative for Tua. But these other guys, they've been given a lot of time to change a narrative, and they just haven't. Um... Yeah, the Cowboys this year, they only, so the entire regular season, the Cowboys only trailed for 44 minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, In this wild card game for the Packers, they uh, trailed for 52 minutes and 8 seconds. So, one wild card game, they trailed more the entire season than the entire fucking season. Uh, That's an absolutely crazy, crazy stat for... uh, for the Cowboys here and kind of the same thing of where do the Cowboys go? Obviously Mike McCarthy should be gone, but we know that Jerry Jones has a very hard time of uh, getting rid of coaches that uh, are just yes men to him. We saw him hang on for Jason Garrett for way too long. Uh, This should be the ending point for Mike McCarthy, but it probably won't be. And I'm sure that Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn will both be back. And Dan Quinn doesn't, or, he shares a lot of this blame because that defense did not show up whatsoever in this. Again, very good Cowboys defense all season. Didn't show up when it mattered most. Um, yeah, where the Cowboys go from here, again, I would fire I'd fire Mike McCarthy. He should have been fired on Sunday. Uh, definitely should have been fired yesterday, but here we are. He's still around. And uh, Early, early in uh, in Bill Belichick's career, he had a conversation with Jerry Jones, basically saying, like, if you ever have a head coach opening, keep me in mind, keep me considered. And this was obviously before Bill Belichick became Bill Belichick. And Jerry's always carried that in the back of his mind, being like, I could have had Bill Belichick, blah, blah, blah. Now he has a chance to get Bill Belichick. And now do I think that Bill Belichick is the best fit for this Cowboys team? Probably not. But Jerry just sees a winner in Bill, and I'm sure Bill looks at this roster and be like, I can win with this team. And I think that's kind of what he wants to do. He wants a chance to go to the playoffs and have a chance to win. Um, And honestly, I think if Bill was this team's coach, they'd be fucking great. I mean, I don't know who the offensive coordinator would be. If it's Josh McDaniels, I, I, I don't know why any team would hire Josh McDaniels at this point. The man's a fucking idiot. But, um... I don't know. This Cowboys team went outside. Parsons went outside. He talked a lot of shit throughout the season. Uh, in his defense, got absolutely cooked. Deron Bland, the All-Pro, he got completely cooked in this one. Uh, people were mad that Chiefs uh, Legarius Sneed didn't get the All-Pro nod. He probably should have. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, I get why Bland got the All-Pro nod. Uh mainly because he broke the record for most pick sixes in the year. Again, I don't think he's had a pick six since week 10, probably, maybe even before that. But, uh, yeah. This Cowboys team, I mean, 
They got called the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. I think that is very fitting. Uh, or they're, you know, they're just the Miami Dolphins of the NFC. Both frauds. Both were frauds all year. They played each other in a fraud bowl. Didn't matter. They were just still frauds. They never changed. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. Uh, getting sad about the Dolphins again here. Uh, we will keep moving on. On to the best game of the weekend here. Uh, Rams at Lions. Rams 23, Lions 24. Uh, for the first time since 1991, the Lions have won a playoff game. Oh, that was the other thing I forgot to be sad about. Now with this Lions win, the Dolphins have the longest playoff win drought in the NFL, I think at 20 years right now. Uh, hopefully I'll get to see a playoff win in my lifetime. Doesn't really feel like it's ever going to happen, but... Uh, the Lions, the Lions, uh, the Jared Goff revenge game. I mean, it was a Matt Stafford and Jared Goff revenge game, but Goff got the better in this one. 22 of 27, 277 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, this team looked great. Shout out to Sam Laporta for somehow playing in this one, somehow ca- catching a touchdown. Uh, I don't know. Like, you, you can't not be happy for the Lions right now. A team that has been through so much misery literally throughout their entire franchise. And here they are. They got another home game ahead of them now with the Cowboys' uh, loss. I mean, they should have been the two-seed regardless because they got robbed of that game of that game against the Cowboys. That's just karma, I guess. Um, but this Lions team is fun, and Dan Campbell is the right man to be the head coach. Uh, he was a part of this Lions organization when they went 0-16, like one of the, literally the worst year in NFL history. Uh, he was a part of that team, and then he comes back and he leads them to their first division title and first playoff win in three decades. Uh, what a fucking story. And also... Shout out to their GM, Brad Holmes. Uh, He, sorry, I'm looking something up right now. Uh, There we go. He was obviously super excited, super happy after getting this win. He was seen celebrating. But since he has been the, uh, the Lions GM, he has done a superb job at drafting. Uh, Just... Listing off guys here, so Gibbs, starter, Jack Campbell, starter, Sam Laporta, starter, Brian Branch, starter, four guys from last year's class, Aiden Hutchinson, starter, Jamison Williams, uh, starter, Kirby Joseph, starter, uh, James Houston, starter, Malcolm Rodriguez, half starter, uh, and then Penny Suel, starter, Ali McNeil, starter, Efitu uh, Melifonwu, starter. Amon Ross St. Brown, starter. He has been in his bag every single draft class. Basically, every draft that he has been a part for the Lions, he has walked away with four starter, four or less starters in every single draft. Uh, the Lions are building something. They're going to play the Bucks next week now. Uh, that should be a fun one. Battle of former disgraced Former disgraced first overall picks with Goff and uh, Baker there, but 
you, you can't not be happy for the Lions at this moment. Um, and I am. I am happy for the Lions. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson also two sacks on the day. That guy is getting a Defensive Player of the Year bet from me for next year. Um, Rams on the other side. Uh, Matt Stafford played exactly how you would expect Matt Stafford to play at Ford Field. Uh, Played almost perfect. He got injured, continued to put it all on the line. uh, And in the end, it didn't matter with a loss. Uh, Which, I mean, that again, it perfectly encapsulates... Matt Stafford's Lions career, where he did everything in his power to will his team to wins, but the team just fell up short in the end. Uh, Stafford was great on the day, though. 25 of 36 uh, for 367 yards, two TDs. Uh, Shout out to Puka Nakua, though, breaking another rookie receiving record, this time with most, uh, most receiving yards for a rookie in a game with 181. Uh, he had nine catches, 181 yards, one TD. Uh, yeah, this, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, I think Rams fans should be excited for next year. I think that you could see how this team looked and a team that I didn't expect to be there. Uh, they had, uh, who was it? I heard someone saying that it was the Rams. It's like, oh, you know how like some people, it's like, oh, they have like a no-name defense. They had a one-man or a one-name defense, and that's Aaron Donald, and it was a bunch of young, unproven guys around him. And a lot of those young, unproven guys turned to be very good players from them. Uh, Kobe Turner, Ernest Jones, uh, they played huge in this one. Obviously, a couple other guys too, but... uh I don't know. The Rams, it's as long as you have Matt Stafford as your QB, you will be able to compete year in and year out. Uh, I think that they just need a few upgrades on the defense, and they will be right back here next year. Uh, Because the offense going into next year, I mean, Stafford, the offensive line is pretty good, and then you got Puka Nakua, who might be the wide receiver one instead instead of Cooper Cup now. I think Cup is banged up, but Nakua, Cooper Cup, Higby's a solid tight end. Kyron Williams was awesome uh, once he got back from his injury. Like, this is going to be a very dynamic offense next year, and if they can just add a couple more pieces on defense, uh, watch out NFC. Um, Yeah, I think that that's, that's all I got for this one. On to the Monday games. We'll start off with the rescheduled game. Uh, Steelers at Bills. Steelers 17, Bills 31. This game was supposed to be the 1.30 game on Sunday, or the 1 o'clock game on Sunday. I don't know. Uh, it got rescheduled because of the snow in Buffalo from the lake effect there. And people were complaining. And I, I'll admit I was part of the people complaining, more so because I bet specifically on under 36 and a half and Steelers plus 10, because I knew it was going to be a blizzard, and I knew it was going to be a snow game, and snow games mean sloppy games. Um, so I got robbed, and I think FanDuel should reimburse me for my losses, uh, because the game was supposed to be played on Sunday, not Monday. Beside the point, though, uh, yeah, the Bills were offering 20 bucks an hour 
to anyone who would come by to help shovel. I would have done that happily. I mean, I fucking do that here, and I don't do it for a team that I support. Uh, but yeah, it, and it wasn't enough. Obviously, the conditions are... It's not like... Obviously, the players could have played. It would have been fine, but it's the 70,000 people trying to get to the stadium. They don't want to uh, overrun the... Uh, not overrun. What am I trying to say? Like, you don't want to, like, have 70,000 people all driving on the roads in terrible, terrible conditions and getting the emergency service people, there it is, uh, busy focusing on these people going to a football game or leaving a football game instead of the people who actually need help. Uh, so, yeah, the game was moved. Game was moved for good reason. And 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 even then, uh, the Bills still couldn't clear out the stadium. The field was cleared. And that's all that matters. They cleared the uh, the stairways in between the stands and basically told them, if you have a ticket, find a, find a spot to stand, and that's your seat. There was no assigned seating for this game. Kind of wild, but uh, that's the way it was. That's the way it works. Um, and yeah, the Bills, I wouldn't say they killed them in this one. The score looks like they did, but... Uh, the Steelers weirdly kept it close for a while, uh, to no avail, though. The Bills were just simply the better team, uh, and of course they were. Josh Allen, 21 of 30, 203 yards, three passing touchdowns. Also added eight carries for 74 yards with a long of 52, that 52-yard rush touchdown where he gave Minka the old hezy hay, uh, ran right by him. Some people were complaining, calling it like a fake slide. Uh, wasn't a fake slide. He didn't even try to, he literally just slowed down and then kept going and then sped right back up. Uh, yeah, I mean, this Bills team also left with a lot of injuries. I think that Taron Johnson has a concussion and he's questionable now for the weekend. Uh, I think Terrell Bernard left with an injury. Micah Hyde got banged up at one point. Uh, yeah, this team is just playing through things right now, but uh, they got the win at home. That is what mattered. Uh, I don't think I really have much to say for the Bills. This this was one of the games that everyone knew what was going to happen going into it. Uh, Steelers on the other side. You did your best with no TJ Watt. Uh, still got some decent pressure anyways from Golden and Highsmith and Herbig. Uh but again, it wasn't enough because Mason Rudolph was your QB. And that's not even blaming Mason Rudolph because he didn't even play that bad. 22 of 39, 229 yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Uh, they just simply weren't better than the Bills. Like, and that's that's what Mike Tomlin does. He coaches these rosters that should probably be picking in the top 15. He coaches them up to the playoffs and then they just get killed in round one. Uh there's been talks about whether or not Mike Tomlin will step down, walk away from the game at this point. Obviously, he can do whatever the hell he wants. He's one of the best coaches of this generation. Uh, and I guess we will see. He was asked about it at his presser, and the guy, the inner, or the reporter said, 
Mike, you have one year left on your current deal. And Mike Tomlin just got up and walked away. Didn't even want to hear the question. Um, So I guess we'll see what the Steelers can do. I don't think Mike Tomlin walks away, but I just hope, find the man a quarterback. He hasn't had a quarterback since like 2016. And people are probably like, oh, but Big Ben didn't retire until 2020. Was it even 2020? It might have been 2021. Either way, Big Ben, not good. Not a good quarterback past 2016, basically. And they haven't had a good quarterback since then. And they've still had a winning record every year and still made the playoffs fairly consistently. Get the man a quarterback. I don't know. Dak Prescott might be available. Kirk Cousins might be available. Get you a guy who can win you win you some games. Not just you. Not just the coaching. Um, yeah. Uh, we can move on, though. Final game. Uh, Eagles at Buccaneers. Eagles 9, Buccaneers 32. This was a shit-kicking from the very, very beginning. Uh, I don't know. Eagles, I mean, we'll talk to you a bit a bit. Uh, great game from the Bucks. Great game from Baker Mayfield. Baker was 22 of 36, 337 yards, three passing TDs. Sure looks like a QB that the Browns uh, could use, you would think. But nope, let's pay the rapist $63 million a year, f- fully guaranteed, instead of paying Baker 30 a year to be better than the rapist. Uh, beside the point, though... Uh, this Bucks team, I'm not going to call them good. They beat a Eagles team that was on one of the worst downward spirals we have seen in recent memory. But the Bucks win at home, and they win a playoff game. That's huge. That's big for revenue for the owners. It's good for the team and team morale. It's great for Baker to finally seem like he has his chutzpah and his gusto and whatever else you want to say about him, his moxie. Uh, yeah, and the defense, the defense played well too. Kalaich Kansi, half a sack. Fidavea, half a sack. Greg Gaines got a sack. Uh, Joe Tryon Chionka got a sack. Uh, yeah, they just thoroughly embarrassed the Eagles. And, uh, again, great story for the Bucks. Great story for Baker. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens when you play Detroit this coming weekend. Eagles on the other side. No A.J. Brown. No victory. Uh, Devonta Smith did everything that he could possibly. Eight catches, 148 yards. Hurts didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game. Couldn't elevate enough, obviously. Not scoring a touchdown is... uh... Wait. Okay, see, hand up, hand up, this is my bad. Um, I didn't actually get to watch any of the game. I probably should have prefaced it with that. Uh, I had to be up at 5 a.m. this morning to go to work. So that means that I was sleeping, uh, or I was in bed anyways at 7.30. Uh, so the Eagles got a safety? Who the fuck got a safety? I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, it would have been one of Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Milton Williams, or Nolan Smith. 
Also, how does Nolan Smith have half a sack, but no one else has half a sack? Um, that doesn't make sense. Okay, Eagles, let's 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 talk a little bit. You lost both of your star coordinators last year, who have both left for better jobs and literally took all of the mojo with them. Uh, Shane Steichen is what made the offense go. Jonathan Gannon is what made the defense go. And without them, it just fell apart. Um, Nick Sirianni, not that guy. Again, I think he's one of these team builder, team motivator guys who they're fine. They're good coach, like, but you need to hire the right people. He has not hired the right people. And he also might be out the door. There could be two big NFC East coaches on the move. Uh, to me, this seems like a perfect spot for Mike Vrabel to come in and take over this team and be their head coach for the next decade plus. Um, I guess we will see though. Uh, but everyone needs to go. Maybe if Nick Sirianni does keep his job, then Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, Brian Johnson, you're all out of here. Uh, it's also hilarious, but I mean... I think that anyone with a brain could have saw this coming, but uh, since Matt Patricia took over play calling duties from Sean Desai, uh, the defense for the Eagles got infinitely worse. Matt Patricia, just another guy who shouldn't shouldn't be around the NFL anymore. Like, earn your way back to get to the NFL. You shouldn't have this legacy thing just because you were part of the defensive staff that Bill coached. Like, come on now. Uh... But yeah, this Eagles team sucked. They had a lot of players, a lot of veteran players who were hoping for one last ride, and one of those being Jason Kelsey. And he announced today that he is officially retired from the league. Uh, post-game, on the sidelines, he was visibly emotional, kind of holding back tears. Uh, and... I don't have enough good things to say about Jason Kelsey as a football player, let alone a man. Uh, He is fantastic, and I don't think that there's many people in the history of the league who retire as a center and will probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, six-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, started, played 120 consecutive games, Ah, Super Bowl champion, obviously. And that's when a lot of people got to know Jason Kelsey as a personality. It was that Super Bowl parade when he dressed as the... I don't even know what the thing's called, but he dressed in that costume, that outfit, whatever you want to call it. And uh, delivered one of the... One of the oh. <coughs> Sorry. But he delivered one of the best Super Bowl winning speeches uh, ever. And the sky is the limit for him for whatever he wants to do post-football. Obviously, he has his podcast with his brother Travis, which is hugely successful. Obviously, he'll keep doing that. But as an analyst, I would love to see him talk about the game. He is so knowledgeable, and he is such a genuinely kind person from all the stories that I've heard from today and people talking about him uh the eagles will miss him the nfl will miss him but i wish jason nothing but the best from one jason to another uh congratulations on 
one of the best ever careers from a center in this game, uh, you will be thoroughly missed. And I think that'll do it. That'll end it. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm going to end it on that. That's a, that's a nice sweet note for Jason Kelsey. Uh, sucks that the Eagles couldn't like do it for him, but there's a lot of things wrong with the Eagles right now. And a lot of things that need to get fixed. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, so obviously Friday's episode is going to be the divisional preview, but now with less games, I need to figure out stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm going to do my top 10 or I'm going to do my top quarterbacks post playoffs so I can be no more games left. That's it. I mean, obviously the playoffs swing a lot of biases because right now CJ Stroud might be a top five quarterback in the league. Um, but I got to find something else. I got to figure out something else to do on Friday's show to fill time because I can talk about the what, the six divisional games and be done, have it be a 20-minute episode? I don't want it to be a 20-minute episode. You all deserve more than that, so I will figure something to talk about uh, on Friday. I might talk about some prospects. I might talk about some guys that I like in the draft that aren't necessarily the top guys in the draft. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'll try to have someone on, too. Uh... But as always, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.